Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. Today we are continuing our study of Hebrews chapter 11 in faith, and I hope that you have been enjoying this study on faith. I know that I have been enjoying it so far, and if you've been enjoying it so far, go ahead and leave a comment and just say, I've got faith, and uh, because that is one of the most important things, of course, for you to have, and I hope that your faith is being built, that you are growing in your faith, especially as we're going through Hebrews chapter 11 and seeing all of these great examples of people who lived their life by faith, who faith truly affected them. And today we're going to see another thing about Abraham here. We're going to be looking at the same text that we looked at yesterday. Of course, yesterday we pretty much only looked at verse 8. Today we're going to be getting into verse 10 as we see that faith affects, that's right, you might not like this one, our patience. Faith affects our patience. I've come to find out that if you're not a doctor, you probably don't like the idea of getting more patients because it comes through difficulty. It is difficult because you have to wait in order to get patients, and nobody likes to wait. But before we get into that, I'm going to make you wait by going and reading Philippians chapter 2 as we go and we do our scripture reading. So if you'd follow along with me as I read Philippians chapter 2, and it says this, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition, conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to do, uh, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice. In the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain nor labored in vain, yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state, for all seek their own things, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Therefore, I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust that the Lord, I trust in the Lord that I myself also shall come shortly." 
Yet I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you have heard that he was sick. For indeed he was sick almost unto death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also." lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I sent him the more eagerly that when you see him again, you may rejoice that I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem because for the work of Christ, he came close to death, not regarding his life, to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Wow, that is an incredible testimony there of Epaphroditus in Philippians chapter 2. And of course, we see the life that Paul has is a life of faith. But we need to come to our text today in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. And it says this, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city and uh, which has the foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, this is incredible to go and to look at the life of faith when we see Abraham. He truly is a picture of faith, and I just find it really interesting. We're not going to spend much time on this here this morning because I really want to get to verse 10 and see how faith affects our patience, for he waited for a city, right? But in verse 8, we see that Abraham was called to go out, and he was called to go out by faith. But then in verse 9, we see by faith, he dwelt. You see, there are different seasons of life that you could be in. And there are, are seasons where you might be going out. God might be calling you to go and to move and to do something. And then there are times where God might call you to linger and to stay and to dwell in that place. But I want you to notice what doesn't change no matter what season of life you're in. And that is you are to do it by faith. You are to do it by faith. It doesn't matter what season of life you are in today, God calls you to live in that season by faith, and you are to please him by faith. That means that whether you're going or whether you're dwelling, you are looking at the promises of God, you're grabbing a hold of the promises of God, and your life has real evidences that you're holding on to the promises of God, or I could say it this way, you believed it in such a way that those promises have laid hold of you. You see, real faith has real evidences, it has real actions, it's a title or it's a deed, and when you truly believe God. It's that those promises end up laying hold of you and you live your life in the midst of those promises. But I really want to get to verse 10 here this morning. And that is, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See, faith affects our patience. Faith affects our patience. Abraham waited. He waited. In this idea of waiting, it means that he dwelt. 
Abraham was promised the land. God said, I am giving you this land, but he never passed the land except by faith. It was by faith. Abraham waited. He watched. He worked in the patient promise that God is faithful. He waited. And what did he wait for? It was for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He was waiting for a heavenly, or we could really say a millennial promise, but Abraham's patience was set in faith. He believed God. And of course, we know the story of Abraham, that he eventually does get a promised son. Think about how how much he waited in that God called him when he was 75, but he didn't have a, a son until he was, he was 100 years old, right? We, we look at that, and what an incredible thing for him to wait. In fact, I mean, he went through, uh, you could say, some lapses in faith or some misunderstanding of faith, where he went and he had a, a child with Hagar that wasn't the son of promise, that wasn't the design that God had, that wasn't the route that he went. Ishmael was not the son of promise. That was Abraham going and trying to take things into his own hands in his own manner. What when he wasn't being patient and he wasn't waiting for God because he thought, oh, God, you must need me to do something here. Now, God does give us parts to do. He does give us a responsibility. But in his promises, he says, you walk in those promises. He doesn't go and say, hey, go make up different promises or don't think that I'm going to only halfway fulfill my promise to you. No, you have a son of promise and it's going to come through Sarah, your wife, just as I have given to you. And of course, eventually, Abraham waits and he waits, and he waits, and he gets that son. And then what does God do? He says, hey, go sacrifice your son. I mean, we're, we're going to get into that in just a little bit here uh, in, in, in the next few days. But I want you to realize it wasn't just a son he was promised. He was also promised land. And here is the great help and patience. You see, Abraham set his eyes on heavenly things. For he waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He set his eyes on that. He went and he said, Lord, I'm looking for a city, a city that you have built. Man, I got the song stuck in my head. I'm looking for a city, right? Where I'll never die. It has been said that you can be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. And I'm not sure if that's true. It's true. You cannot pay attention to earthly things and not apply heavenly principles to the earthly things or God's plan for these earthly things. That's true. But if you have the right mind or if you have the right heaven in mind, it can't be a bad thing. I do know this is this to be true, though, it is impossible to be of any real earthly good unless you are heavenly minded. It is impossible to be of any real earthly good unless you're heavenly minded, because when you're heavenly minded, that means you're looking for heavenly riches. It means you're looking for the approval of God. It means that you're looking for the promises of God. And that's where real patience can come in. When you're waiting on the promises of God and you know that God will deliver, he always delivers on his promises, you know 
that there is no rush, that there is no worry, that there is no hurrying or scurrying, but there is just a steadfast waiting. Now, faith may wait patiently, but it doesn't sit idle. Abraham didn't sit idle. What did he do? He went around building altars to God. He went around and he built altar and after altar after altar after altar to God. That's what Abraham did. He was building monuments to God. And that's what you need to be doing in your life. You need to be going in in your life, in every area of your life, whether you're waiting for God to give you the next step or whatever you're doing, whatever area of patience, or maybe you're in a place where you're going out, but wherever God leads you to, you need to go and to build a monument to God so that others can see God has worked here and God's servant has been here. His ambassador has been here and he is a fellow laborer with God and he built a monument so that others might say, hey, what is that? Well, let me tell you about what God did. Let me tell you about who God is and what he's done. Let me tell you about what he's going to do. See, faith is what allowed Abraham to have patience. He believed God and that settled it in his mind that it was a sure thing. See, true faith is deaf to doubt, dumb to discouragement, and blind to impossibility. The question we have facing us now, though, is does your faith have patience? See, there's a problem that comes many times in the Christian's life, and that is is that they believe God initially, but their faith doesn't have fullness, and so therefore they don't have faithfulness, right? It's a partial faith. It's a faith that believes for a period of time as opposed to the full duration as to what God intends for you to believe. Faithfulness requires full faith, and that means believing for the total time. And that means you're going to have to have patience. And faith affects your patience. It affects not only that you wait. That's a way that it impacts your patience, right? If you don't have faith, you're not going to wait around for God to do something. But the second thing is, is that it also affects your attitude when you wait, because it is settled in your mind that you're going to obey, just as Abraham already had it settled in his mind. You remember that from yesterday. But also, it's settled in your mind that God is going to come through, so therefore you don't fret about it. You just wait for God to pass by at the right time, to do His thing and His way at the right time. So the question comes today, does your faith have patience? Are you looking for a homeland that is also a heavenly homeland. You know, you are dwelling in a pagan land just as Abraham was, but yet you still need to keep your eyes on heavenly things. Strive for eternal rewards. Strive to please your Father here. Do you maintain that God is faithful while you wait? You know, he has said, we will reap where we have not sown. And this is a great encouragement, but it also brings a great reality. I'd love to dive into this reality sometime to discuss that on the podcast. And that is that you will also sow where you will not reap. 
It's part of being patient. See, so many times we call on the promise that, hey, I'm going to reap where I haven't sown, but it's also implicit then that if you're going to reap where you haven't sown, it means that you're going to sow where somebody else is going to reap someday because that's their promise too. See, are you still going to sow the seeds of the gospel or do you have the attitude of, well, I've tried that before and it didn't work? No, keep planting those seeds. Keep planting those seeds. Don't get discouraged in doing good. See, Christ has given you many promises. The question is, will you walk in them? Will you have a full faith, which means that you'll have a faith for the entire duration, which means you will wait patiently for God, just as Abraham did? Or will you falter in the way too soon. Well, thank you for listening today. And as we depart, I want us to remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may be able, excuse me, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Oh, but even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting.